Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. We trust God, comma, not period. God, I trust you, period. No. God, I trust you, comma, however. God, I trust you, if. God, I trust you, when. And you can fill in the blank. What Job's saying here is, I trust you, period. No matter what. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Job. We are to trust God, period. Pastor J.D. challenges us to trust God through all situations. There will be times when we can't understand what God is doing. But nonetheless, we are to have faith in Him. As you come to new trials or look back to trials of the past, know that God has a plan for you and that He's guiding you to it. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now here's Pastor J.D. and Job chapter 13 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. You almost get the impression that Job is sort of talking to himself through these so-called friends as if to say that I feel like I'm, I am spinning, my head is spinning and I am so dizzied by this. I'm like that drunken man that's staggering in the dark, groping without light. I'm wandering in this pathless wilderness, aimless as I go about, not knowing what's going to happen. I mean, he's sort of describing himself and the futility of he himself ever going against God or seeking to undo what God has deemed fit to do. You know, as I was preparing uh, for this teaching tonight, I was sort of asking myself (laughs) the question of why it is that the book of Job is so long. Just stay with me on this. I We've got so many more chapters of this back and forth. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's about chapter 38. So here we are, chapter 12. We're going to get into chapter 13. Um, It's not until chapter 38 that God just finally enters into the discussion. (laughs) And not a moment too soon. Here's my question. God... Why why would you make Job thirty basically thirty plus thirty-five plus chapters of this? I mean, you know, what do you want us to see in this and what do you want us to learn from this? I mean, these these guys are going back and forth with Job and it's 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 hard to watch. <laughs> it's hard to read. It's hard to teach, and it's hard, it's hard on you. I'm looking at you. I mean, the body language says it all. I'm, this is a hard book, right? Well, so here's the Lord ministered to me. 
one of many reasons. And it's this. The reason why the book of Job is chapter after chapter of Job going back and forth with these so-called friends who are falsely accusing him to no end, calling him every name in the book, and Job seeks to defend himself and his God in his innocence and righteousness, again, not sinlessness, blamelessness, The reason I believe it is, is that God wants to instill deep within us, indelibly etch on the tablets of our hearts and minds, that man should not and cannot speak for God. And here's another thing. Nor can man explain the ways and the whys of God, which is what they're trying to do. Chapter after chapter after chapter, even Job, in all fairness to this poor man at this point, is even trying to make sense out of all of this. Isaiah said, and it would be, I think we would do well to be reminded of how it is that his ways are too high for understanding. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are too high for us. They're not our thoughts we cannot possibly fathom or understand or grasp the ways of God. God's ways are unsearchable. Paul says, who can know the mind of God? If we can figure God out, if he's small enough for for us to figure out, then he's not big enough for us to worship, as one said. And that's true. We're trying to figure God out. I was uh, thinking about this a couple weeks ago. I think I shared this on a Sunday morning. I was praying, and I caught myself praying this. God, I'm just, I just am trying to figure this out. And I caught myself after I said it because it was like God would say, Oh, really? <laughs> You're trying to figure it out. Really? You're trying to figure it out. Guess what? You ain't going to figure it out. You're trying to figure me out. You're trying to figure out my ways. It ain't going to happen. This is an exercise in futility. And here's why I'm withholding you figuring it out from you. Because if, let's just say, you could figure it out, and you did understand, then here's the problem. You're going to lean on that understanding, and you won't lean on me. You're going to trust in what you figured out. You're going to trust in and lean on your own understanding. And is that not Proverbs 3, 5, and 6? Which, by the way, if you think about it, when is it that we acknowledge the Lord in all our ways? When we don't understand. When is it that we don't lean on our own understanding when we don't have understanding to lean on? When is it that we trust in the Lord with all of our heart when we don't understand and can't figure it out? Well now, maybe that's the reason why God is going to withhold from us the understanding so that we have to trust Him with all our heart. We have to acknowledge Him in all of our ways. We have to lean on Him instead of our own understanding. Well, again, it's going to get, I should probably warn you, (laughs) that this back and forth 
for all of these chapters till about chapter 38, it's actually, if you can imagine, going to get even worse. Uh, please come back next week, because <laughs> yes, it's going to get worse, but God, but God has, I believe, some valuable, I'm even going to say invaluable, truths and lessons that we can learn from this back and forth between Job and these three men. Well, chapter 13, verse 1. Behold, Job continues, My eye has seen all this. My ear has heard and understand, understood it. What you know, I also know. I'm not inferior to you. He's saying that now for the second time, which means that they are, they have this air of superiority about them. Uh, we're more righteous than you, Job. We're superior to you, Job. You are inferior to us. And here Job, defending himself, says, I'm not inferior to you. But, verse 3, I would speak to the Almighty, and I desire to reason with God. But you forgers of lies. Ah, Good for you, Job. Good for you. Stand up to these fools. I'll just use fools for now. He says, you are all worthless physicians. Oh, that you would be silent. That you would shut your mouths. Can I say that? I just did. Shut up. Can I say that? I know sometimes that... Uh, makes people mad. I get emails sometimes. I, I grew up in a house where you could, could not say shut up. Okay, well, I just... You'll forgive me. But that's what he's saying. Oh, that you would just shut your mouths. And it would be your wisdom. Now hear my reasoning. And heed the pleadings of my lips. Will you speak wickedly for God? Yes. Yes, that's exactly what they did. And oh, by the way, uh, I think it's about chapter 42. I think it's Eliphaz that's on the receiving end of a harsh rebuke from God for speaking wickedly for God. That's exactly what they're doing. And good for you, Job. And he says, and talk deceitfully for him. What you're speaking when you open your mouth is wickedness. (laughs) And you're speaking wickedly on behalf of God. That's even worse. And you're speaking deceitfully on behalf of God. Verse 8, will you show partiality for Him? Will you contend for God? Obviously these are rhetorical questions. Will it be well when He searches you out? Or can you mock him as one mocks a man? Oh, yes, Job, yes, Job, yes, Job. <laughs> Reminds me of a cheer when I was in high school. Big G, little O, go, go, big G. Okay, back to our Bible study, verse 10. <laughs> That's what I want to say. You go, Job. You go, Job. Verse 10, he will surely rebuke you 
if you secretly show partiality, will not His excellence make you afraid and the dread of Him fall upon you? Your platitudes are proverbs of ashes. Your defenses are defenses of clay. Hold your peace with me and let me speak. Then let come on me what may. You know, uh, Job's had it. And I don't blame him. I mean, up to this point, have you noticed? He's been um, gracious. He's been, uh, I would even say tactful in his defense against all of these accusations. And he's not presumed to speak for God as they have. Sure, he has questioned God. And that's okay, but they've crossed the line. And now he's going to pull no punches, so to speak. But it's what he says next that, ah, we're not going to make it to 14 and 15. Oh well, I don't want to rush through this. And, And you'll see why. Verse 14. Why do I take my flesh in my teeth and put my life in my hands? Verse 15, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Hang on to that. I want to come back to that when we bring the Bible study to an end. Let's just finish chapter 13. Even so, I will defend my own ways before him. He also shall be my salvation, for a hypocrite could not come before him. Listen carefully to my speech. Listen up. Listen up. Listen to me, and to my declaration with your ears. See now, I have prepared my case. I know that I shall be vindicated. And he will. He will. Verse 19, who is he who will contend with me? If now I hold my tongue, I perish. Only two things do not do to me. Then I will not hide myself from you, speaking to God. Withdraw your hand far from me, and let not the dread of you make me afraid. Then call, and I will answer, or let me speak. Then you respond to me. The reason why we know that's God is because it's capitalized. You and your, your face. And regard me as your enemy. Again, remember now, Job thinks that God is his enemy because of all that has happened to him. Will you frighten, a verse 25, a leaf driven to and fro, and will you pursue dry stubble? For you write bitter things against me and make me inherit iniquities of my youth. You put my feet in the stocks and watch closely all my paths. You set a limit for the soles of my feet. Man decays, verse 28, like a rotten thing, like a garment that is moth-eaten. He's just giving voice and expressing his anguish before God in his crying out to God. But I want to talk lastly about verse 15. Because verse 15, and I just want to be very candid when I say this, but verse 15, for me personally, has been the source of much in the way of conviction and encouragement in my life over the years. And 
this in a paradoxical way. By that I mean uh, it, it convicts me on the one hand, it, it challenges me, it searches me, and it, in, a, in, a, in a good way it needs to search my heart. Can I say that? And really mean that, God, you can slay me and I'm still going to trust you? That convicts me, but it also encourages me. And I know that's a paradox. But in one way, it, it speaks to this absolute trust in God when the ways of God and the whys of God make absolutely no sense at all. In fact, everything in your life contradicts the goodness of God. And that's the challenge. God, I do not understand what's happening in my life. I don't know what you're doing, but whatever you do to me, you can even slay me. I'm still going to trust you. Another translation renders it, yet will I praise him. Though he slay me, yet will I praise him. You know, this is one of those profound and powerful passages in the pages of Holy Writ. I would even uh, put it in the same category of when Esther, which we just studied through, said when she was going to go to the king uninvited, facing certain death if he doesn't put out the scepter. And she says to Mordechai, if I perish, I perish. That's surrender. That's trust. That's faith. You know what that says? That says, I trust God no matter what. Here's the problem. And and again, here's the challenge. We trust God, but we trust God, comma, not period. God, I trust you, period. No. God, I trust you, comma, however. God, I trust you, if. God, I trust you, when. And you can fill in the blank. What Job's saying here is, I trust you, period. No matter what. Even if you slay me, I'm still going to trust you. Let me take it a step further. He's saying this, and this is where I want to be in my life, in my relationship with the Lord, where I can, like Job, say, I trust you no matter what happens next. I'm not saying that I'm not fearful or worried or anxious. I think about what David wrote in the Psalms. When I'm afraid, I will put my trust in Him. And then when I put my trust in Him, I will not be afraid. Talk about a paradox, right? That's an oxymoron, isn't it? Okay, when I'm afraid, I will put my trust in God. And then when I put my trust in God, I will not be afraid. And interesting, he says, when, not if, I'm afraid. When I'm afraid... When I'm afraid, I will put... you got to know that there's a lot of fear and trepidation on the part of Job here. 
with all that's happening. He doesn't know what's going to happen next. He doesn't know what tomorrow holds. Is it going to get worse than this? It certainly could. When I'm afraid, I will put my trust in God. And then when I put my trust in God, I will not be afraid. And this is what Job is saying. God, I am putting my trust in you completely, and I have no fear of what's coming next. Even if it does get worse, even if you do slay me, I'm still going to trust you. Even if everything that happens in my life, as bad as it is, contradicts everything that I know to be true, I'm still going to trust you. This makes absolutely no sense to me. I'm still going to trust you. I just got the diagnosis. I'm still going to trust you. I just got the papers. I'm still going to trust you. I just got... I just received, you can fill in the blank, I'm still going to trust you. No matter what, I am, and you know, here's the encouragement. Here's the encouragement. When you come to that place of total and absolute surrender, there is a freedom that comes. When you taste from that cup, that sweet cup of surrender, you're free. You're completely free. I think about what the Apostle Paul said. Luke records it in Acts 20. Nothing moves me. He had gotten to that point in his life where he was so solid and so trusting in God that no matter what happened in his life, it wouldn't faze him. He just trusted God. Nothing's going to faze me. Nothing's going to move me. Nothing's going to rock my world. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Let me close with Oswald Chambers in his commentary on Job titled, Baffled to Fight Better. He says this, Job gives expression to the most sublime utterance of faith in the whole of the Old Testament. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Though he whom you, speaking of his friends, are misrepresenting, and whom I cannot state in words, though he slay me, I will trust in the fact that he is full of integrity, I believe him to be, and I will wait for him. I will face my own common sense integrity and dedicate my instinctive sense of God's integrity. And in the end, I know that both will work out into one. In other words, God's going to have the final word. You'll see. God's going to have the final word on this. No matter what he does, no matter what happens, I'm going to put my trust in him. Job's life shifted radically and quickly from prosperity to despair, giving him every reason to complain and turn away from God. Yet Job kept his focus on his Creator, telling us in chapter 1, verse 21, that the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It's not easy to praise the Lord when everything we know falls apart. But as we'll continue to learn from Job, God has a much better and greater plan than we can even comprehend. God will bring us through every trial and tragedy we face and is our ultimate source of comfort and strength. 
Have you discovered the powerful love of God in your life? If you'd like to know more about this relationship, we have a great guide for you at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. Just click on the New Believers link at the top of the page. We'd also like to encourage you to find a church family, one that follows God with all their hearts and live by His Word, and we'll provide you with support as you walk this journey of faith. If you're in the area, why not join us at Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe? We meet every Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m., and again on Thursdays at 7 p.m. for a time of fellowship, worship, and studying the Bible. We'd love to have you join us. You can find location information through our website. That address again is inspiritandtruthradio.com. Sadly, that's all the time we have for today, but we want to thank you for listening. Be sure to join Pastor J.D. next time as he continues teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Job, right here on In Spirit and Truth.